On today's show, we are joined by Samuel Favre, CEO at Mandarin Capital. Good morning, Samuel. Morning, Nitin. Long time no see. It's <laughs> been a while. <laughs> and good morning, Redmond Wong. Hi, morning, Nitin. Uh, sorry, it's Redmond Wong, market strategist at Saxe Markets. Sorry, we did the good morning. Um, so we had a question sent in from a listener on Friday. That's Alistair Murray. And we didn't actually get a chance to play it. So I just want to start with that and then we can move on to further discussions. The questions are, the UK seems to be struggling worse than other countries in controlling inflation. Part of the problem seems to be the wage rise expectations and the cost of living crisis. Are countries really managing this better and how come? And why do we not hear so much about workers' strikes in other countries? I will start with you, Sam. I think the UK is slightly different than the other countries because they're really at the middle of a triple storm because if you look at the UK, they're massively exposed to energy, especially gas. So they've been very, very exposed to the Ukrainian war for like all of Europe. Secondly, I think from memory, I think they're the third biggest importer of food. So after China and Japan, which is surprising for such, I mean, for a small size, medium sized country. And then obviously you had Brexit. So Brexit created a lot of problems in terms of um, labor, labor supply and uh, the flexibility you had in Europe. Uh, obviously, it has been transmitted that hasn't he's not there anymore. And all these um, tension has created price hikes. I mean, for the better or worse, a Polish trucker is paid a lot less than a UK trucker. And obviously, all these kind of things feed through through the supply chain and then creates expectations. So given they're so, uh, now they're so uh, domestic, they are struggling to actually uh, get rid of these expectations and inflation expectations self-fulfilling. So I don't think they're necessarily managing the, uh, worse than anybody else. I think they had one more factor which is which basically has been Brexit, on top of a situation originally where they were more exposed. Redman? Yeah, I agree uh, most of what uh, basically is, uh, yeah, what Sam said. And I think I just want to add this uh, UK, I think they are, they are, I mean, the prices, they are more flexible. So if you compare with some you know, euro area, the hit from the energy prices last year and uh, also, you know, so in UK probably is much more volatile. So they anchor on a very high uh, inflation expectation. And of course, US, they are less exposed to energy. And so I think that's one thing. And uh, on, but I think we have been seeing some green shoots, even though on a month, those kind of three months, uh, annualized basis, the momentum is still much higher in inflation in uh, in the UK. So that has still anchored the very high expectation on wages. But if you look at the latest PMIs, uh, the surface p- uh, prices component in the UK PMI has, has been coming down. So uh, that may be easing uh, a bit and uh, going forward, the wage pressure may uh, moderate a bit in the UK, but it take time, still the most elevated uh, 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 if you compare with uh, 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 the Euroland, Euro area, and also the US, even on a, a month-on-month uh, basis. Well, inflation very much is the theme of the year. I mean, we've been talking about it pretty much, I think, for the last 12 months and can't get away from it. And we're still hearing more of it. I mean, even with Jackson Powell from the, uh, from the Jackson Hole meeting, um, where he's saying that inflation remains high. So we are now in a period of high interest rates and expecting interest rates to continue to be high. Is that going to put a bit of a dampener, what's been going on? Uh, Oh, sorry, what Jerome Powell said over the weekend. Um, Is that going to put a dampener on the markets? And 
How long do we expect inflation to remain high? I mean, we can start with the US and then talk probably more globally. Yeah, sure. And um, I think the the US, the Fed has actually shifted to a uh, what we call a risk management mode uh, since last November. They have become more risk management and data dependent. And they make it very clear in the November FOMC. I don't think Powell has changed much on this stance. He talked. I think the, the, the hawkish thing he, I think the market looking at, he repeat that 2% uh, uh, inflation target and not referring to uh, what they have since 2020 is more actually on the average uh, 2% rather than a very hard 2% target. But he reiterate a relatively hard 2% target. I think that is the hawkish part in his uh, in his uh, uh, speech, and uh, for for the inflation in, uh, it, I mean, it's a, it, in the near term, I think there's some moderation, but is we don't think the uh, CPI uh, or PCE can actually go towards their um, their, their target anytime soon. They're probably still hovering around you know three point five four percent something for for the month to come. So. And, but while the economy probably will be uh, slowing, so the U.S. may be entering kind of stagflation uh, towards the end of the year or early next year. So, um, I don't necessarily quite share the same view. I don't think interest rates are high anyway because uh, we're not so very high interest rate environment. 4.25 under 10 years is actually the average over the long term. So we are really at a medium type of um, interest rates. I think we've seen some uh, expectations coming off. Uh, I think Jerome Powell really has been uh, managing the market's expectation because he, or it, the problem with the, the uh, US, especially treasury market, has been the, the stickiness of the long term. Uh, and that obviously has a lot of impact on, on expectations about the, the housing, which has been very, very uh, solid. And uh, he, uh, he wants to manage price inflation on that sector and also wages. So I think what, what he said is, no, if, uh, if expectation stays high, we will we, we'll raise rates further. That's, that's a given. I guess if they start falling too much, they, they will decrease. So it's not really an, an announcement. I think at this stage, he's just managing expectation. He's done a very good job. I mean, I think there's a danger that the, the Fed overshoots uh, because we are seeing some deflationary price, some deflationary forces. I think the big one is China, and uh, people are probably uh, probably uh, underestimating the Chinese deflationary pressure and how we could export. But at the moment, I think it's probably going to be in a wait and see, and uh, just making sure that the market is not becoming complacent because the market's been so. So used to uh, free money, so I think he's remanaging that side. As uh, Redmond just said, I mean, they seem to be very, or Jerome Powell seems to be very keen on that 2% target. If inflation's at 2.5%, does he still raise? And we'll start with you this time, Sam. Because, you know, we're currently at around 5.25 in in the short term, I mean, in in the current interest rates. Uh, So you're well above what the inflation is. So does he still raise or does he just kind of take a wait and see approach? Uh, I think they will stop. Uh, I think it's, uh, um, they, well, I mean, they has to, as Sam said, he has to manage expectations. So he has to talk hawkish. But in fact, I think they tor- they will tolerate uh, the inflation rate to stay above the 2% target. But he has to anchor the inflation expectation, so he has to talk hawkish. But I think they will stop as the economy is slowing. And also what we call this, I think the theme of a fiscal dominance will come into play soon as it's, uh, the focus now getting more and more focused on 
uh, the 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 rising fiscal deficit and the difficulty of financing uh, the the fiscal deficit in the U.S. In fact, one of the paper uh, by uh, Daryl uh, Dalfi uh, on the Jackson Hole is on the asset purchase program. He make reference to the one trillion dollar. Uh, a huge amount of uh, uh, treasury purchase back in the 2020, and also he referred to the September 2022 UK guild fiasco. So uh, he is proposing get, getting more kind of a systematic kind of a scheme in place to for the either the fiscal authority, i.e. the treasury, or the Fed actually to step to step step in to provide liquidity because the primary dealer in the US is the bond is now. Uh, too small relative to the the huge size of the treasury market. So they are worried. I mean, be, being the first actually paper, uh, and actually the second, not the first one, but it's, uh, 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 it seems they are the Fed and the outside bank may be actually paying a lot of attention on actually how to manage the long-term interest rate uh, to make it uh, more stable for the government to finance uh, uh, the deficit. So it's difficult for them to really to raise high uh, rate too much. Yeah. Sam, that deficit is quite a big problem, isn't it? So what's your views on how they're going to handle that? Well, it's always the problem whether you're going to monetize the deficit or not. So I don't think it's such a big problem yet. Uh, But obviously, it is going to cause problems on some of the smaller countries and smaller balance sheets. I mean, we've seen this on some of the the other countries. Now, going back to um, inflation rates, I really think, you know, we look at the inflation numbers, it's really backwards. You have to look forward, and they've seen uh, decreasing expectations. I think what you might be concerned is the the decreasing space of uh, the decreasing speed of that um, of that deceleration. Uh, and as mentioned, there's uh, really two uh, real two sectors which are really key for his management, which is the um, the real estate and the labour, which are very tight in the US. I think. Well, I mean, I've, I think the labor, uh, the labor market's the really key one because from what I'm seeing, the real estate market is starting to show signs of slowing down finally. Um, but it's that labor market that's just not. And you've continuously getting uh, high employment rates, so very, very low unemployment rates. Um, I think they're at historical lows at the moment. And you've got increasing wage pressure. And I think until that stays down, it becomes a very difficult job for the Fed because while you can see the overall headline inflation coming down, the labour market's not necessarily weakening, and that's going to be the key issue. Um, would you just, I mean, would you have any thoughts on that, Sam? We'll start with you. I think the labour is tight across the world, and uh, I think that's going to be a massive problem for all the countries. You've got an ageing population worldwide, so you will have a declining workforce. On top of that, you put in COVID, and clearly there's been a shift of mentality on the global workforce between balancing labor and uh, you know free time so you have i think in terms of availability of work just the global hours it's been steadily declining and there is a competition for for talent and labor across the world and that is going to be the be- the, the real issue so whether it comes with uh, you know imported workforce from other countries automation there is a real problem to 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 address at the core on this <coughs> yeah not monetary solutions that. only yeah. yeah i agree i just want to add of course this uh uh, I mean, if inflation, I mean, it's a wage negotiation, I agree very much with selecting and also looking at uh, the inflation expectation and that shaped uh, by recent inflation rates that is still remain uh, high uh, during negotiation. So that gives uh, wage pressure. And also, 
So the real wages is not catching up in some uh, economies. And also, it's a, I would just want to add, uh, resoring and uh, uh, those kind of fragmentation in global supply chain, that will also add to the need to uh, uh, moving people from industry to industry, you know, so, uh, so to, to the job availabilities actually in different industry than, than before. And that all will uh, create a, a problem for the labor market and put pressure on wages. Well, Sam touched on this earlier where he was talking about the fact that people might not necessarily even want to go back to the labor force. So that takes some workers out. And that's, so whoever is working has more pressures. But we're seeing a lot of companies actually now demanding that people work for the office at least four, if not five days a week. So this whole home, home work from home and office balance is starting to shift back to going back to the office. Will that add to the pressure on the labour market because people don't want to work for five days and they're just going to decide not to work? Or is that going to force people back? Um, Redmond, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's, uh, um, that is the pattern of uh, 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 how people you know, choose to work and have some uh, pressure on wages as well. And I think in Lagarde's speech or at Jackson Hall, he or she also addressed on the fermentation, the restoring, and also the change of work pattern. And yeah, that we're going to have it. But I don't. But we don't think that is going to be the very dominant factors in the labor market. But that yeah, that have some uh, will add to some pressure. Yes. Sam. I think it. I think it will have an impact because, um, especially from the uh, managing point of view, people like our age managing now they used to bad markets and people staying in their positions. But the younger generations they used to good markets. They will jump. So I don't think they will be dictated by the companies. And we've seen like companies like Twitter. They're really well. Sorry, X. They've been really struggling to uh, to maintain people. So, uh, and the second thing is, I think there needs to be a catch up in salaries, because if you look at salary remuneration versus capital remuneration over the last 50 years, salaries have been really lagging compared to profits. So I think it's a long-term trend. I think you will see a long-term acceleration in terms of wages, and that will be, uh, I think, a cause for inflation that needs to be managed. Uh, You know, when Sam says our age, we're only 27, so, you know, we're not that old yet. Red, we've literally got 25 seconds left. So quickly, Redman, and then I'll pass you on Sam. What do we look for this week? Uh, I think we uh, the focus, of course, is on the PCE uh, data from the US. And uh, and then the non-farm payroll on Friday, that pretty much shape uh, uh, the expectation for the September FOMC. I think the key thing will be on this one. The China PMI maybe actually less uh, because it's i think expectation really low and unless there's something really unusual happen okay sam 10 seconds i think the focus will still be china uh, there's a lot of uh, announcements but i think people really want to see if they're going to step in big time and uh, i think we need to keep an eye on china cool um well i'd like to thank my guests for coming on that was samuel Faber of mandarin capital and redmond wong of saxe markets thank you guys